So, as I, as I said just at the beginning, I, I feel like the Lord actually wants to establish His joy and, uh, in, our, in our hearts. And, uh, the, but there is a different type of joy. I think sometimes we have a, a, an understanding of joy uh, that comes from the world. And, and it's easy to get caught up uh, in, in that type of a joy. And here's the problem with that joy is it's not sustainable. It doesn't last. It's like a roller coaster ride. It comes and it goes, and the moment we're like, yeah, the next moment's like, oh. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Here's the word that, uh, that John gave me. Um, this is from uh, Doug Addison. Thank you. He said this, walk, th- this is, he sent this out, looks like today. Walk through the new doorway of joy that is now here. So, yeah, so anyway, that's pretty cool. The fact that, well, you go, that's not a coincidence. I mean, when the Lord desires to release joy, um, like, we should all be hearing the same thing, right? We're like, oh, that's crazy. We're at the same thing. <laughs> Hopefully, we're listening to the same spirit. Um, so, I was just, I was talking to someone the other day who was very, has been very well off in the past and uh, they might be here and so I'm not going to call anybody out or anything, but, but I, this was a, I, they were in this place and they, and they said something to me. They just said, man, I've, I was, I, I've always been on the other side. Uh, I've always been over here and now I'm, I'm on this side, and everything is falling apart. And the, my whole world is caving in, and, and job situations, I uh, thought they had the job, and phew, it just pulled out from under them. And, uh, and they were in this place of just spiraling down. And, uh, and I just tried to share, like, begin to set your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes on him. Take your eyes off of the temporal things and set them on the eternal things. And, uh, and, you know, and I talked to him for a few minutes, and, and, and it was like, yeah, that's really good. And then all of a sudden, it was like, Foop. it was like, oh, but you don't understand. Things are horrible right now. I've lost this. This is going on. I've been trying to do this and this and this and this, and I just can't do it. And I'm like, oh, you, you didn't hear a word that I said. <laughs> like, he, and I, I feel like this is, it's me. And so let me just say, <laughs> humbly, I'm right here with you guys. I, I don't have this all figured out, and I'm not like, let me tell you how it's all done, guys. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I want us together to shift into a, a new mindset. And I believe if we do, then there's going to be such a strength in the body that we're going to walk in, that we no longer operate in a spirit of fear, uh, and we no longer uh, have our joy taken away from us, but we actually lock in to that joy. And, and let me say, that joy has to be grounded in hope. And that hope has to be grounded in the Lord. And, and I know we, we go, yeah, that makes sense. But how many of you are walking in joy every day, all day long, seven days a week, Anyone? <laughs> we got a few. Not many. I'm not. I, I put my hand up, but let me take it back down. 
Because there are days that things like hit and I just go, ah! And I feel like that's that red flag. And what it is is like, oh, my hope is not actually established in the Lord in that area of my life. And I need, to, I need to do a reset there because when my hope gets established, then I can walk in joy in every situation. And, and joy is not a, a good idea. Joy is a command. It's a command of the Lord. So let me just walk through this with you real quick. Like, so uh, here's the joy that we would have. Uh, you know, when you're a kid and it's Christmas time, and, uh, and you come out and you see that gift that's like you've been asking for it, you've been praying for it, you've been wanting it, and there it is. That is a, a, like a joyful moment, right? Uh, when, you, when you're working at your job and all of a sudden you get that promotion, uh, like, oh, that is another, that's a joyful moment. When, when, the, when the Broncos win the Super Bowl, I had to bring that one in for my dad. That's a joyful moment. But how many of those joyful moments are sustained? <laughs> My dad said, not the Broncos. <laughs> those, those things, those are the temporal things that come and go, right? So, so so, there's, so in understanding this, the joy that we're to have is, is, a, is a joy that is grounded in a hope that is grounded in an understanding. And this is hope. We go, well, what is, what is hope? hope? Hope is actually a knowledge and an understanding of the will of God. And when we have, when we know the will of God, we know his will over a situation, we can actually take hold of that hope. And, we, and that is the very thing. Look at Jesus on this earth. When Jesus was on this earth, he said, it's for the joy set before me. Well, why was the, the joy set before him? Because there was, it was a foundation of hope that he knew his purpose on this earth and he knew it, he, what he was here to do, but he knew the outcome. He knew what he couldn't see in the natural. And so he was grounded on that hope which then became the joy that was set before him to endure the cross, to die the most gruesome death. And, and this is the ultimate like, understanding of joy, that we would have joy in that he, as he had that joy to actually die on a cross. It was a joyful moment because of the grounding in hope the understanding and the knowledge of the very will of God and his plans and his purposes. And then when we begin to have that joy, we can set our faith in that thing. And, and, and it begins to establish the very joy that we're to have constantly. Let me just bring a few scriptures into place here. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, or 16 through 18, it says, be joyful always, not when you get your promotion, not when you, the Christmas present comes, not when it's a good day. Be joyful always. That's the command. It's not a, hey, you should think about it. It's, no, do this. And then he says this, and pray continually and then give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. These, these three verses right here 
are so powerful to understand. It's, and it's really, the way I see it is that joyful always and giving thanks in all circumstances is kind of like the outside of, a, of an Oreo cookie there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they're crit- these are like, this is beautiful. You've got the joy and you've got the thanksgiving. But what's in the middle, what's the meat of all this is pray continually. Because when we, prayer is not a, is not, Lord, this is what I desire. This is what I want. It's, prayer is not about you. A lot of times we, we think prayer is all about, like, it's that one-way communication of, God, let me just tell you all my needs, and then I hope you can meet them all. Prayer is actually the relationship that we have with the Father. Prayer, and, it, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it says that he understands the deep, the Holy Spirit understands the deep thoughts of the Father, knows the deep thoughts of the Father. And then in, uh, later on in John, it talks about how he reveals all things to us. He reveals everything to us by his Spirit. So, so here's the thing. When we pray, when we come into that place of prayer, it's actually an alignment with the Spirit that we would know the very thoughts and the, and the understanding and the will ultimately, the will of God. And then we're able to walk in it. If we, if we don't pray, if we don't come into that place of relationship, that place of intimacy with the Father, we're not going to know His will. We're going to go and do the things that we think are right. It's, that, it's in Matthew 7 where it talks about those that come and they say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons and heal the sick and do all these? Did we not do all these amazing things for you? And Jesus says, away from me, you're evildoers. I, I, don't even, I don't even know who you are. Right before that, and let me just, I'll just read this. Um, it's not this, don't be scared about this, but what, what we need to do is it's that abiding in him constantly. But right before it, it says this. Um, what does it say? Oh, right here. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So what he's asking for is that we would understand his will. And when we understand his will, that becomes the foundation or the anchor. That is our hope that then we can, that's what we, we anchor into. We anchor into the very will of God, and then our joy comes out of that. And that joy is sustainable. That joy never leaves. And so it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what's going around, on around us. It doesn't matter if we lose our job or, or everything that we have on this earth. It doesn't matter because those are temporal things. But it's so easy, and I'm with you, when it actually does happen, what do we do? We get inward right away, right? We get so, we, get, we do the navel gazing. We start focusing on ourselves and we're like, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. I just want to say, compare yourself to Jesus. And you go, well, that's the son of God. Well, he actually operated without his divinity on this earth in the same way that we live now. He was sinless but he did not operate in his divinity. There's a, I was in the prayer room this morning and I just shared this. Um, in Hebrews 12, it says, it's talking about 
<laughs> Let me just, actually, I'll just spend a moment in this because this is so good. Uh, so here's a bunch of people. In, in Hebrews 11, it talks about how uh, this is the, the faith chapter. These are those that, have, a, that are, have established their ways, knowing the will of God and have established their hope to the point of death. So this is what it says. It says there, um, there were those that were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while others uh, were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They, were, uh, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered the deserts and the mountains and the caves and holes in the ground. And they, these were commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised in that time. You go, well, that's, that's a real bummer. <laughs> but listen, what it, it goes on to say this. It says, um, God had planned something even better for us that only together with us would they be made perfect. And then it talks about this cloud of witnesses. These are the cloud of witnesses. These are the ones that have gone before us that then now that we would throw off everything that hinders and everything that so easily entangles, that sin that so easily entangles. We have a cloud of witnesses that have been strong in the faith that never actually got to see the fullness of the promises in their life. But guess what? We are the completion of that. This generation, these generations to come here right now are the completion of the very things that they died for, knowing that hope that established, it established their joy that they could walk in faith and actually die for the very thing that they never saw happen in their time. It goes on to say this. It says, so you throw off all these things. You're going to run. So like this is that we don't give up. We don't slow down. We run with the perseverance that's marked out for us. If it's marked out for us, it means the creator of the universe has actually set this for us. He's actually marked it out. He said, here's, here's the race that you're going to run. Paul had a race that he was going to run. Each one of us have a, has a race that we're to run. The question is, will we run the race that has been set before us? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So we set our eyes on him. Well, what is setting our eyes on him? It's establishing that hope. It's setting that hope that as the anchor, that then we can actually have the joy set before us. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. And then it says, for who the joy set before him, being Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He knew his position. He knew he had the hope. And that led him into the joy that, that locked him in with that joy that was set before him. Consider him who has endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and that you will not lose heart. And then he says this, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Just a slight reminder, you really haven't struggled that hard. You think you're going through it, but set your eyes on him 
have that hope established, knowing the very will of God over your life and where he is taking you, and then that becomes the joy that's set before you. So that's that be joyful always, continually pray, and be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 says something very similar. It's, and a lot of times we kind of skip past the... Uh, we skip past the first part and we go right into uh, this, and I do this a lot. Uh, we go right into the don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition that we would make our requests known to God and then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, would guard our heart or mind in Christ. It's beautiful. But catch the very first part. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes, and again, I say, Rejoice. That means be established. Have that joy established in your heart always. Not just in the moment, not just when things are looking good, but all the time. So I'm hoping there's not a glaze. Like I hope you, I, I just, this is a message that we need to grasp a hold of. That, that if there is a lack of joy right now in your life, then there's a lack of hope which means that we don't understand the will of God in certain situations in our life right now. If you want to establish that in your life, begin to pray. Begin to have that communication with the Lord. Begin to have that intimacy with the Lord. Actually receive His love that He has for you. Know that love that He has for you. And in that love, it will begin to reveal the hope that he has for you, the very things, the very promises that he has in your life, which will then establish the joy in your life. And man, we need to operate in that place of joy, not just for ourselves. This is not about us. But let me ask you, when you go out and you're like, hey, man, I want you to know about this Jesus that I know. <laughs> you're like, dude, whatever, whoever you know, I don't want any of that. <laughs> but when you have a hope, that then establishes your joy and they, you don't even have to tell them about Jesus. They're going to come to you and go, whatever you have, I want. Whatever that hope is that you're walking in, whatever that joy is that you have, man, I need that. The world needs that. So we can't go out and preach a gospel that we actually don't believe in. We need to get this in our heart. We need to get this in our, a new mindset that we're established in that joy, that nothing takes us off track, that, that we actually, we have that, it, you know, we talked about it with the sailboat, that that's that, that uh, the dagger board. It's the, what's the other word for it? The, the center board that goes down, that, that when we have that hope and the understanding, the knowledge of, of his will and tying that into the Word of God as well, that is, I mean, there's 7,000 promises that you can, you can stand on there. That's the dagger board that drops down in the middle of, of the sailboat that says now when the winds come, you're no longer tossed and turned, right? You don't, you don't sway side to side. There's a board that is down that is establishing your ways and you are rooted and grounded. We need that rooting and grounding, guys. And, and, and now... It's becoming more evident than ever. 
And I know there are many of us going through a lot of struggles, a lot of trials, and then, you know, and then things come out like this new mandate and, and everybody goes, ah! <laughs> Take your mind and your eyes off of those things. Stay out of the, stay out of the news. Stay out of social media. And for God's sake, <laughs> don't respond to things when something like gets you upset or angry, it just make sure it's, it's the same voice that God would have towards a situation, that you're actually releasing hope to someone else, that you're setting joy before someone else. Don't get caught up in these things. There's a, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 4. Um, I'm almost done. But I, I hope this is soaking in. It says this, says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, for outwardly we're wasting away. That means the things around us may not be looking so good. We're getting older. Things are starting to hurt. We're getting sore. And when I was a kid, I, I could run up and down all the time. I never got sore. Um, so outwardly, we're wasting away, some more than others. <laughs> Don't get offended. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. I hope you're being renewed day by day. This is, like, this is more of a prophetic word because some, some of us are not being renewed day by day. Some of us are like, oh, this is horrible. What are we doing? No, no, no. Renew yourself. Strengthen yourself in the Lord day by day. Let's be renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles. And we go, well, these aren't light and momentary troubles. These are crazy things going on. Like, God just didn't understand when he wrote the scripture, like what I was going to go through. <laughs> Let me tell you, these are light and momentary troubles. This is, this is nothing. Like, you're going to get through it. You're going to be okay. But get your eyes off of it. Get your focus off of it. it who do you trust? Do you trust the things of this world? Do you trust in, in, in the kings of this world, in the, in the rulers of this world? Or do we trust in God, who's the creator of the heavens and the earth? Like, really? Do we believe in the same God? Like, like there should never be a point in time. And I, again, I know we get, we get sucked down into the worldly things, but this is where it's like, set your eyes on things above. It says this right here. It says, so fix our eyes, not on what is seen. Get your eyes off of the stuff that's seen. Get your eyes off of the worldly things. But put your eyes on the unseen. For what is seen, it's temporary. It's temporal. It's going to go away. But what is unseen is eternal. How many times is our joy stolen by things that when we die, we can't take with us. How much, of, how much time and how much effort, how much of our focus is on those things? How much time are we spending on who's going to win the Super Bowl? How much time are we spending on, like, our, our, the, the, you know, our jobs and things like that? Now, look, and I know we go, well, we got to work. Yes, we have to work. But we work with a different mindset. We're not of this world. We do everything as on to the Lord. We should actually be doing it better than anyone else.
when we work, because we're working as unto the Lord with a kingdom mindset, that, that what we're doing is we're establishing his ways in every, in every area and we're bringing his kingdom into every situation. But we're not operating. A lot of times what we do is, is we go, well, okay, now it's Sunday and I'm gonna like, now my focus is over here. God, I've got, you've got my attention. I'm gonna focus on you. And then Monday through Saturday, it's like, okay, God, I'll see you on Sunday. I'm coming over here. And, and how often are we going, Lord, where are you in this situation? On Sunday, we're like, yeah, where are you, God? What are you doing? Yeah, I think you, you're touching my heart. You're doing all these things. What about every other day of the week when we're at work, when we're doing the things? How many opportunities do we have to actually bring the kingdom of God into the very things that we're doing, no matter what it is? Whether it's with your children, whether you're at a grocery store, whether it's your gas station, whether it's your, whether you're at work. You have in every situation that you're in the opportunity to ask the Lord, God, what are you doing right now? That's that pray continually. What is his will in this situation right now? And then there's joy in that. When you know his plan, and it's, it, let me tell you, it's going to be greater than anything you can do on your own. It's going to be, in, it can be overwhelming if you actually think that you can do it on your own. But you're never meant to do it on your own. You weren't created to do it on your own. You were created to have the very Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you, that we would be temples of the Holy Spirit, and that this is the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That's the Spirit that lives on the inside of us, that empowers us to do everything that He's called us to do so that we can actually say, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just words. It's actually power that is actually enacted by the Holy Spirit that we actually move with power. And when we speak, we don't just speak on our own ability. We actually speak as ambassadors of Christ. There's a scripture in Proverbs 17, 17, And then the passion, it says this. A joyful and a cheerful heart brings healing to both the body and the soul. When you actually operate in a place of that joy, grounded in the knowledge and the understanding of his will, which is that hope, it actually releases healing to the body. Not just your body, not just your soul but to the body of Christ, to those around you. But the other side of it, <laughs> this is what you don't want, but the ones whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Another translation of it is dries up the bones. You want to be one that dries up the bones? <laughs> Pretty quiet. You guys awake? Let's not be those that dry up the bones. I believe that there is something that is released as we operate in this place of joy, as we're grounded in that joy that actually releases healing to the body of Christ. It, it strengthens the body of Christ. A few other scriptures here. Romans uh, 15, 13 says this. Listen to these words. So it says, May the God of hope so there your hope is established in God. May that hope, the God of hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace. How does that happen? 
as we trust in him, as we put our faith in him, the God of hope then fills us with joy. It's the hope established that brings the joy as we have the faith in the hope. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but I hope you guys got that. Uh, that you may, and then it says that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's in that prayer, in that place of prayer, by his power, as you establish your ways in prayer with the Holy Spirit, there's actually an overflowing of hope. This is released to the body of Christ. Again, it's, it's not about us. Don't let this be like that you walk away from this going, well, this is what I need to establish for myself. No, this is what you need to establish for your family. This is what you need to establish for all of us. Because when, when one is struggling, man, we all begin to struggle. But when one is joyful, man, that's when we all get to be joyful. Let's be joyful. Let's, let's stay in that place of joy. And this is not a false joy. It's a lot of times, you know, you've heard people be like, well, how you doing? And by God's grace, I'm doing great. And like, you're, you know, your leg's dragging. and <laughs> Like, don't lie. Man, you can say I'm going through it. But, man, would you help me? I mean, I just, I, I need to establish that hope again. I need to get that hope so that I can have the joy that's set before me. So a lot of us, man, there are times when we're going to go through it. And, and don't feel like, man, I can't believe it. Everybody else has this all figured out, and I'm the one that's struggling. No, that's okay. Don't let there be shame and condemnation and things that actually drive you further down. This message is not meant to drive you down. It's meant to lift you up. It's meant for us to get our eyes from here up here. Romans 5, 2 says this, let us rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, let us also rejoice in our sufferings. This is just that part that I just want to throw in here. Look, we're going to rejoice in the very sufferings that we go through. There's a few places it says this. Another one is in James. It just says, count it pure joy when you face the trials and the tribulations, all these things of many kinds, because the testing of your faith actually develops that perseverance. Here it just says, it says, so we're going to, oops, I lost it. Um, so rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and then let us rejoice in our sufferings, because the sufferings produce perseverance, the perseverance character and the character hope. So ultimately, You've got that perseverance in there. You've got that character that's being built. But the suffering actually brings us into a place of hope, which establishes the joy in our life. So it's okay to go through some of these things on earth. These are temporal things. We don't put our eyes on these things. We don't focus on these things. He will strengthen you. The Lord will give you the strength to get through it. He is a good father. He's not looking at you and going, well, I'm just going to make him struggle, going to make him go through it. But I can tell you this, his ways are not our ways. And the moment that we think that we know how God should do it, <laughs> watch out. That's the pot, that's the clay pot saying to the potter, hey, you messed up. 
God says, don't question me. Don't question my ways. Trust in me. Trust in my ways. There's, let me just, there's a few. Oh, where is it? I'm going to finish with this. I'll just find it in here. Um, in Psalm 42. No. Uh, is it 42? Yeah. He says this three times. Twice in 42, chapter 42, and once in 43. But he says, My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Oh, that's not the one. Sorry. Back up. Why are you downcast, O my soul? So this is uh, verse 5 of chapter 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? <laughs> What's he doing? He, he's looking at the lack of joy in his own heart right now, and he's going, why? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And then he says this, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The other word for Savior there is victory, my victory and my almighty God. There, he says this three times. He says it again um, just a few verses down in verse 11. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, and you will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And then he says it again in chapter 43. There's a command that we would actually put our hope in God. Get our hope off of the things of this world. Don't allow the things of this world to be foundational to the hope that then becomes your joy that when things begin to hit, man, your joy is going to get ripped out from you. We're going to stay in that place of joy. If you, uh, is, Jim, could you bring, I want you to hear a quick testimony. And then we're just going to go back into a place of worship as we close. And uh, we're going to allow God just to, to bring joy into this place. I feel like before you leave, you're going to have joy in your heart. If, you've, if you're in that place right now of, of just, it's just, ugh, it's still tough. It's hard to even hear these words right now. As you begin to worship the Lord, as you begin to praise Him, I believe it's going to release joy in your heart. It's going to set a new foundation as you put your hope in Him. Uh, and let me say, joy sometimes, it comes with sacrifice. There's, there's a scripture in Psalm 27, 6. It says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. This is David. He's talking here. And, and this was at a time when there were enemies surrounding him. Man, it was a, it was a bad day. The Am Amalekites were, were coming in. Um, it didn't look, it looked, the outcome did not look good. But then he says this. He goes, at his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy, and I will sing, and I will make music to the Lord. Sometimes we need to shout with that joy to the Lord as a place of sacrifice, even in the midst of struggles. Oh. This is Mary Carter, and can you guys give her a big hand? Hello. I want you just to hear something. Uh, Mary, Mary went, then don't be, don't be nervous. 
<laughs> um, I asked her to do this. I know she's going to do a great job. And, uh, but uh, she struggled with some things. It was like 12 years, I think, or how long was it with your knees and things? That... Off and on. Oh, wait, just... here, let me, I'll hold the mic for you. Off and on, just falling down. It just kept deteriorating and everything. And uh, I was just going through a lot of pain. And I kept crying to God, Lord, you got to heal me. What good glory do you get if I'm in heaven already? Because everybody's going to be well there. I need to be well here. I work, you know. And I, you know, I'm doing what you called me to do. And I give you all the glory and I thank you for it, Lord. But I need a miracle myself. I have laid hands on the sick and I've seen miracles. I've seen them recover. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in my life. And faith, you say faith without works is dead. So, Lord, I give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. And I thank you for my healing. God said I was to thank him before I received my healing. Yeah. So I've been thanking him for a long time. How many years? It might seem long, but it is. When you're in the Lord, you don't pay attention to time. Probably four years, five four, years. Five years, okay. Yeah mainly when it was getting really bad yeah you know and um, and you had had a lot of prayer i had a lot of prayer and everything and uh, people were praying for me and i know god wanted it a miracle for me too as bad as i wanted it and uh saturday morning two weeks ago i just came to get groceries i did not know my healing was going to come that day and I, I give God the glory because I know it was him. He directed my path that day. I was excited about the groceries. But when Pastor came up to me, he was asking people if he could pray for them over something. And then when he got to my car, I said, I just start complaining, you know, telling him, my knees are bad. Your back. My back. Your stomach. My stomach. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of pain. I bought that CBD oil, and it, yeah, it works, but it wears off too. And uh, I've done everything, and I've took a lot of Advil, ibuprofen, where it got to be where it was hurting my back. And I said, Lord, I can't take these no more. I'm tired. I need your help now, Father. And as Pastor said, well, can we pray for you? Can, have you ever had a miracle in your life? And I said, you know, if I did, I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know God can do it. And so he, he said, well, let's pray for you. So today could be your day. Yeah, today could be your day. <laughs> this might be your day right now. So Today prayed. will be your day. He prayed, and two other, three other people prayed. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he got done praying, I, I mean, I just, I just kept moving my knees and said, "Lord, is this real? You know, I need my knees. I need to work. And Lord, you called me in this area, and I can't do it without you, Lord. I can't. And I seek your face faithfully." You know, you said, uh, the miracle is your faith, daughter. If 
you believe in me and believe all that I've done in this world for everybody and believe that I am the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you will have eternal life. And I said, I look forward for that, Lord, because I want to see my family again. I want to see the baby that I lost, who would right now be 40, no, 50. And um, How could you I, be the same age? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, I want to do this for the good Lord. He said, I healed you for my glory. Yeah. I want to be praised. I want people to know that I'm real. That I can heal anybody, but it's my timing. So I give God the glory. (laughs) So Mary, she received her healing that morning. And uh, we had people out in the parking lot driving in. And Mary was running around the parking lot, which she couldn't run before. She was kind of like coming in like this. She was running around, hands in the air, going, hallelujah. And, and people were looking at her like, who is this lady? And like, no, let me explain what happened. She was giving her testimony to people that were coming up. It was just, it was a beautiful time. It was awesome. <laughs> so good. Anything else? say don't ever give up on your miracle God's real you're here for a purpose and a reason he loves you where you're at he's not there with a hammer hitting you on the head every time you fall and pick yourself up and go on follow me for I am the life and the way and the truth and he loves every one of you so much never give up on him that's it ever so set your hope on him yep Amen. Thank you, Mary. So we're going to do this. I just felt like, like there's an opportunity. Actually, there is, there is healing that comes even as we begin to worship the Lord. And, and I feel like that we're even supposed to dance. So I don't know how I'm going to do it because I can barely move. You pray for healing. But by His grace... I might look 10 years older than I am, <laughs> or 20. Uh, but let's, let's just engage right now. Uh, we're going to close in just a minute. But before we, before we close, don't miss this time. Because this is where I feel like, okay, you've heard the word. Let it set in your heart. And let's just come before the Lord with singing, with dancing, and let's, let's let him have his way. Let's begin to establish our ways in his ways, and no longer in our, own, in our own ways. Let's begin to get his thoughts, his mindset, his will, and let that be the very hope that becomes the foundation of our joy that is set before us, that we would continually have joy, that we would pray at all times, and we would be, have hearts filled with thanksgiving for the king, not because of a situation that we're in or not in, but because of who he is and because of the things that we are grounded in. So can we stand? (sighs) 
So Lord, right now, and I feel if you need, if you need healing in this time, I'm going to just ask you to come up and you're going to dance before the Lord. And even if you don't need healing, come up and, and dance. But, um, but if you do, I just feel like come up and there is, there's healing in this place. There's healing in his grace. It's all by him. And this may be your very day. Just as Mary had been prayed for over and over and over again by hundreds of people. But you don't give up on the very thing. Don't let that hope be deferred. Don't defer it. Don't push it off. Hold fast to that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him. He'll set your path straight. He'll set you on the very path that he has for you. So, Lord, I pray your blessing right now over everyone in this place. Lord, I pray that you would give us the mindset of Christ. Lord, that you would take us out of our own ways, our own thoughts. And, Lord, every time that fear comes in, Lord, we would not hold the hand of fear, but, Lord, that we would hold the hand of your love, of your joy, and of your peace, and we would be established in your ways. Lord, I thank you for joy that goes beyond our own understanding in this season, in this time. I thank you for an anchoring of your hope in our lives, in our lives, in our soul, Lord, that from this moment forward, we would be anchored in your hope, in the hope of you as God the Father, as Jesus, who is now at the right hand of the Father, who is the high priest. Lord, let our hope be established in those things that, Lord, we would have joy every moment of the day. So let's worship him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. Let's